this week's episode of the Montpelier Happy Hour here on WVEW 107.7 LP Brattleboro, your community radio station. I am your host, Olga Peters, and as always, this is the show that talks about how things in Montpelier shake out for the rest of us. I want to welcome to the show regular contributor and representative from the town of Brattleboro, Emily Kornheiser. Hello, Emily. Hi, Olga. And would you tell our lovely listeners what we are doing today? Because we're following up on last week's episode, actually. Yes. So it's somewhere between summer and fall here in southeast Vermont. And we wanted to take a little break to refresh, refocus ourselves, as we all should at some point throughout the year. And one of my favorite podcasts, The Memory Palace, has been, took a few weeks to just read a novel aloud. Mm. And yeah, it's the best, highly recommend. But thought what was even more appropriate here on the Montpelier Happy Hour is to take a few episodes to read the Vermont Constitution aloud. Because there are always some fun hidden surprises in there and things to Explore and center us. Um, and so we are now on part two of our reading of the Vermont Constitution. And we're going to start with section 42. And we're so happy that you're here to join us today. So, section 42 qualifications of free men and free women, voters' qualifications and oaths. Every person of the full age of 18 years who is a citizen of the United States, having resided in the state for the period established by the General Assembly, and who is of a quiet and peaceable behavior, and will take the following oath or affirmation, shall be entitled to all the privileges of a voter of this state. You solemnly swear or affirm that whenever you give your vote or suffrage touching any matter that concerns the state of Vermont, You will do it so as in your conscience you shall judge who will most conduce to the best good of the same, as established by the Constitution, without fear or favor of any person. Every person who will attain the full age of 18 years by the date of the general election, who is a citizen of the United States, having resided in this state for the period established by the General Assembly, and who is of a quiet and peaceful behavior, and will take the oath or affirmation set forth in this section, shall be entitled to vote in the primary election. Elections, officers, terms of office. Subsection 43, biennial elections. The governor, lieutenant governor, treasurer, secretary of state, auditor of accounts, senators, town representatives, assistant judges of the county court, sheriffs, high bailiffs, state's attorneys, judges of probate, and justices of the peace shall be elected biennially biennially on the first Tuesday next after the first Monday of November, beginning in A.D. 1914. 44. Election of Representatives and Senators. Senators and representatives shall be elected to office at a general election to be held biennially on the first Tuesday next after the first Monday of November, A.D. 1974. 45. Manner of election. 
The manner of election, certification, and filing, filling of vacancies in office of senators and representatives shall be established by law. 46. Terms of Senators and Representatives. The term of office of senators and representatives shall be two years, commencing on the first Wednesday next after the first Monday of January following their election. 47. Election of Governor, Lieutenant Governor, and Treasurer. The voters of each town shall, on the day of election for choosing representatives to attend the General Assembly, bring in their votes for governor with the name fairly written to the constable who shall seal them up and write on them. Votes for governor and deliver them to the representatives chosen to attend the General Assembly. And at the opening of the General Assembly, there shall be a committee appointed out of the Senate and House of Representatives who, after being duly sworn to the faithful discharge of their trust, shall proceed to receive, sort, and count the votes for governor and declare the person who has the major part of the votes to be governor for the two years ensuing. The lieutenant governor and the treasurer shall be chosen in the manner above directed. The votes for governor, lieutenant governor, and treasurer of the state shall be sorted and counted, and the results shall be declared by a committee appointed by the Senate and House of Representatives. If, at any time, there shall be no election of governor, lieutenant governor, or treasurer of the state, the Senate and the House of Representatives shall, by a joint ballot, elect to fill the office, not filled as aforesaid, one of the three candidates for such office, if there be so many, for whom the greatest number of votes shall have been returned. 48. Election of Secretary of State and Auditor of Accounts. The Secretary of State and the Auditor of Accounts shall be elected by the voters of the state upon the same ticket with the Governor, Lieutenant Governor, and Treasurer, and the legislature shall carry this provision into effect by appropriate legislation. 49. Term of Governor, Lieutenant Governor, and Treasurer. The term of office of the Governor, Lieutenant Governor, and Treasurer of the state, respectively, respectively, shall commence when they shall be chosen and qualified, and shall continue for the term of two years, or until their successors shall be chosen and qualified, or to the adjournment of the session of the legislature, at which, by the Constitution and laws, their successors are required to be chosen, and not after such adjournment. Election of Assistant Judges, Sheriffs, and State's Attorneys. The Assistant Judges shall be elected by the voters of their respective districts as established by law. Their judicial functions shall be established by law. Their term of office shall be four years and shall commence on the first day of February next after their election. Sheriffs shall be elected by the voters of their respective districts as established by law. Their term of office shall be four years and shall commence on the first day of February next after their election. State's attorneys shall be elected by the voters of their respective districts as established by law. Their term of office shall be four years and shall commence on the first day of February next after their election. 51. Election of Judges of Probate. 
Judges, judges of probate shall be elected by the voters of their respective districts as established by law. The General Assembly may establish by law qualifications for the election to and holding of such office. Their term of office shall be four years and shall commence on the first day of February next after their election. 52. Election of Justices of the Peace. Apportionment. Justices of the peace shall be elected by the voters of their respective towns and towns having less than 1,000 inhabitants may elect any number of justices of the peace, not exceeding five. Towns having 1,000 and less than 2,000 inhabitants may elect seven. Towns having 2,000 and less than 3,000 inhabitants may elect 10. Towns having 3,000 and less than 5,000 inhabitants may elect 12. Towns having 5,000 or more inhabitants may elect 15 justices of the peace. Justices of the peace shall not exercise judicial powers except that they may serve as magistrates when so commissioned by the Supreme Court. 53. Election of assistant judges, sheriffs, state's attorneys, judges of probate, and justices of the peace. The manner and certification of election and filling of vacancies in the offices of assistant judges, sheriffs, state's attorneys, judges of probate, and justices of the peace shall be established by law. 54. Incompatible offices. No person in this state shall be capable of holding or exercising more than one of the following offices at the same time. Governor, Lieutenant Governor, Justice of the Supreme Court, Treasurer of the State, Member of the Senate, Member of the House of Representatives, Surveyor General, or Sheriff. Nor shall any person holding any office of profit or trust under the authority of Congress other than a member of the commissioned or enlisted personnel and the reserve components of the armed forces of the United States will not on extended active duty be eligible to any appointment in the legislature or to any executive or judiciary office under this state. 55. Freedom of elections, bribery. All elections, whether by the people or the legislature, shall be free and voluntary. And any elector who shall receive any gift or reward for the elector's vote in meat, drink, monies, or otherwise shall forfeit the right to elect at that time and suffer such other penalty as the law shall direct. And any person who shall directly or indirectly give, promise, or bestow any such rewards to be elected shall thereby be rendered incapable to serve for the ensuing year and be subject to such further punishment as the legislature shall direct. Oath of Allegiance, Oath of Office, 56. Oaths of Allegiance and Office. Every officer, whether judicial, executive, or military, in authority under this state, before entering upon the execution of office, shall take and subscribe the following oath or affirmation of allegiance to the state, unless the officer shall produce evidence that the officer is before taking the same, and also, following the fo- and also the following oath or affirmation of office, except military officers, and such as shall be exempted by the legislature. The oath or affirmation of allegiance. You do solemnly swear or affirm that you will be true and faithful to the state of Vermont, and that you will not directly or indirectly do any act or thing injurious to the Constitution or government thereof. If an oath, so help you God, if an affirmation under the pains and penalties of perjury. The oath or affirmation of office. You 
do solemnly swear or affirm that you will faithfully execute the office of, for the, of, and will therein do equal right and justice to all persons, to the best of your judgment and ability, according to law. If an oath, so help you God. If an affirmation, under the pains and penalties of perjury. Impeachment. 57. Impeachments. House may order. The House of Representatives shall have the power to order impeachments, which shall in all cases be by a vote of two-thirds of its members. 58. Liability to Senate to try judgments. Every officer of state, whether judicial, executive, shall be liable to be impeached by the House of Representatives, either when in office or after resignation or removal for maladministration. The Senate shall have the sole power of trying and deciding upon all impeachments. When sitting for that purpose, they shall be on oath or affirmation, and no person shall be convicted without the concurrence of two-thirds of the members present. Judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further than to removal from office and disqualification to hold or enjoy any office or honor or profit or trust under this state. But the person convicted shall, nevertheless, be liable and subject to indictment, trial, judgment, and punishment according to law. Militia. 59. Militia. The inhabitants of the state shall be trained and armed for its defense under such regulations, restrictions, and exemptions as Congress agreeably to the Constitution of the United States and the legislature of this state shall direct. General provisions. 60. Legislature restricted. No person ought in any case or in any time to be declared guilty of treason or felony by the legislature, nor to have a sentence upon conviction for felony commuted, remitted, or mitigated by the legislature. 61. Offices of profit, compensation, illegal fees. As all persons of full age to preserve their independence, if without a sufficient estate, ought to have some profession, calling, trade, or farm, whereby they may honestly subsist, there can be no necessity for, nor use in, establishing offices of profit, the usual effects of which are dependence and servility, unbecoming free citizens. In the possessors or expectants, and faction, contention, and discord among the people. But if any person is called into public service to the prejudice of the person's private affairs, the person has the right to a reasonable compensation. And whenever an office, through increase of fees or otherwise, becomes so profitable as to occasion many to apply for it, the profit ought to be lessened by the legislature. And if any officer shall wittingly and willfully take greater fees than the law allows, it shall ever after disqualify that person from holding any office in this state until the person shall be restored by the act of legislation. 62 Record of Deeds all deeds and conveyances of land shall be recorded in the town clerk's office in their respective towns and for want thereof in the county clerk's office in the same county. 
63. Entails to be regulated. The legislature shall regulate entails in such manner as to prevent perpetuities. 64. Punishment at hard labor. When? To deter more effectually from the commission of crimes by continued visible punishments of long duration and to make sanguinary punishments less necessary, means ought to be provided for punishing by hard labor those who shall be convicted of crimes not capital, whereby the criminal shall be employed for the benefit of the public or for the reparation of injuries done to private persons, and all persons at proper times ought to be permitted to see them at their labor. 65. Suicides estate not forfeited, no deonand. The estates of such persons as may destroy their own lives shall not for that offense be forfeited, but shall descend or ascend in the same manner as if such persons had died in a natural way, nor shall any article which shall accidentally occasion the death of any person be deemed or deodanded or in any wise forfeited on account of such misfortune. 66. Citizenship. Every person of good character who comes to settle in this state, having first taken an oath or affirmation of allegiance to the same, may purchase or by other just means acquire, hold, and transfer land or other real estate, and after one year's residence shall be deemed a free denizen thereof, and entitled to all rights of a natural-born subject of the state except those privileges, the right to which is herein elsewhere determined, and accept also that such person shall not be capable of being elected treasurer or representative in assembly until after two years residence, and not, nor be eligible to the office of governor or lieutenant governor until the person shall have resided in the state as required by section 23 of this constitution. 67, hunting, fowling, and fishing. The inhabitants of this state shall have liberty in seasonable times to hunt and fowl on the lands they hold, and on other lands not enclosed, and in like manner to fish in all boatable and other waters, not private property, under proper regulations, to be made and provided by the General Assembly. 68. Laws to encourage virtue and prevent vice, schools, religious activities. Laws for the encouragement of virtue and prevention of vice and immorality ought to be constantly kept in force and duly executed. And a competent number of schools ought to be maintained in each town unless the General Assembly permits other provisions for the convenient instruction of youth. All religious societies or bodies of people that may be united or incorporated for the advancement of religion and learning or for other pious and charitable purposes, shall be encouraged and protected in the enjoyment of the privileges, immunities, and estates, which they in justice ought to enjoy under such regulations as the General Assembly of the state shall direct. 69. Charters limit on right to grant. No charter of incorporation shall be granted, extended, changed, or amended by special law except for such municipal, charitable, educational, penal, or reformatory corporations as are to be and remain under the patronage or control of the state, 
but the General Assembly shall provide, by general laws, for the organization of all corporations hereafter to be created. All general laws passed pursuant to this section may be altered from time to time or repealed. 70. Workers' Compensation The General Assembly may pass laws compelling compensation for injuries received by employees in the course of their employment, resulting in death or bodily hurt for the benefit of such employees, their widows, widowers, or next of kin. It may designate the class or classes of employers and employees to which such laws shall apply. 71. Declaration of Rights Not to be Violated The Declaration of the Political Rights and Privileges of the Inhabitants of this State is hereby declared to be part of the Constitution of this Commonwealth and ought not to be violated on any pretense whatsoever. And on that note, folks, we are going to take a quick break here on WVEW 107.7 LP Brattleboro, your community radio station, and hear from some of our underwriters. Stay tuned. to the second half of this week's episode of the Montpelier Happy Hour here on WVEW 107.7 LP Brattleboro, your community radio station. I'm your host, and if you're just joining us, uh, regular contributor Emily Kornheiser and I are taking a slight summer, late summer, early fall break to bring you a reading of the Vermont Constitution. We are hoping you are enjoying that. As always, you can also find the happy hour on Emily's YouTube channel, our um, website, the Montpelier Happy Hour.captivate.fm, as well as BCTV. And as always, WVEW 107.7 LP Brattleboro. Emily, would you please continue with the Constitution of the State of Vermont? Absolutely. And just a reminder for our listeners, the views and opinions expressed here on the Montpelier Happy Hour are those of the host and guests and not the radio station or any of the platforms it's played on. And actually, for this episode, it's not even the views and opinions of the host and guests. It's (laughs) just the views of the drafters of the Vermont Constitution, who had some wild ideas. So onwards. We are learning so much today. We are. Amendment of the Constitution. 72, amending Constitution. At the biennial session of the General Assembly of the state, which convenes in AD 1974, five, and at the biennial session convening every fourth year thereafter, the Senate, by a vote of two thirds of its members, may propose amendments to this Constitution with the concurrence of a majority of the members of the House of Representatives with the amendment as proposed by the Senate. A proposed amendment so adopted by the Senate and concurred in by the House of Representatives shall be referred to the next biennial session of the General Assembly. And if at that last session, a majority of the members of the Senate and a majority of the House of Representatives concur in the proposed amendment, it shall be the duty of the General Assembly to submit the proposal directly to the voters of the state. Any proposed amendment submitted to the voters of the state in accordance with this section, which is approved by a majority of the voters voting thereon, shall become part of the Constitution of this state. Prior to the submission of a proposed amendment to a vote in accordance with this section, 
public notice of the proposed amendment shall be given by proclamation of the governor. The General Assembly shall provide for the manner of voting on amendments proposed under this section and shall enact legislation to carry the provisions of this section into effect. 73. Manner of apportionment of the General Assembly. The General Assembly shall establish senatorial districts within and including all of the state, and shall further establish representative districts within and including all of the state. At the biennial session following the taking of each decennial census under the authority of Congress, and at such other times as the General Assembly finds necessary, it shall revise the boundaries of the legislative districts and shall make a new apportionment of its membership in order to maintain equality of representation among the respective districts as nearly as is practicable. The General Assembly may provide for establishment of a legislative apportionment board to advise and assist the General Assembly concerning legislative apportionment. If the General Assembly fails to revise the legislative districts as required in this section, the Supreme Court, in appropriate legal proceedings brought for that purpose, may order reapportionment of the districts. Temporary Provisions 74. Extensions of Terms of Certain Officers The persons severally elected in 1912 to the offices mentioned in Section 43 shall hold such offices until the term of their successors elected the first Tuesday next after the first Monday, November A.D. 1914, shall begin as herein provided. 75. Revision of Chapter 2 The Justices of the Supreme Court are hereby authorized and directed to revise Chapter 2 of the Constitution by incorporating into said chapter all amendments of the Constitution that are now or may be then in force and excluding therefrom all sections, clauses, and words not in force and rearranged and renumering the sections thereof under appropriate titles as in their judgment may be most logical and convenient, and said revised chapter 2, as certified to the Secretary of State and said justices, or a majority thereof, shall be part of the Constitution of this state in substitution for existing chapter 2 and all amendments thereof. 76. Inclusive Language Revision The Justices of the Supreme Court are hereby authorized and directed to revise Chapters 1 and 2 of the Constitution in gender-inclusive language. This revision shall not alter the sense, meaning, or effect of the sections of the Constitution. When the revision is certified by the Justices, or a majority thereof, to the Secretary of State, it shall be a substitute for existing Chapters 1 and 2 of the Constitution. The Vermont General Assembly, Montpelier, Vermont. And so that, folks, is the Vermont Constitution. And we have a little bit of time left Mm -hmm. on the podcast. And so um, we'd like to share first that we actually have two constitutional amendments that we are going to vote on this next year, um, 2022, Mm -hmm. in the Vermont 
House of Representatives. And what that means, folks, is that if you remember just a couple sections ago when it talked about amending the Constitution, those have already been voted on by, they've been proposed by the Senate, voted on by the Senate, voted on by the House. And then last year began the second biennium where they were voted on by the Senate. And now this year they'll be voted on by the House and then they will go to a full referendum vote by the voters. That's you all listeners and the two of us. And those change both the references to slavery in the Constitution, um, which was earlier on. You can find that in our last episode. And also adds a new article um, that provides us with reproductive liberty. And I don't know about you, Olga, um, but the news from Texas has been very dark for me this week. Um, I haven't taken to the Twitter waves or the Facebook um, to express my outrage because, well, I just haven't. Um, I don't have it in me. But what I do have is a lot of energy to amend Vermont's constitution so that we have that really enshrined in our state's rights. right to abortion and a right to a much broader set of reproductive freedom. So I'm pretty proud of that work. Those two pieces of work that we are doing to amend the constitution. I, um, on that note, uh, I have not watched this movie in full, so I won't share its title, but I saw a preview for a movie that's supposed to be a teen comedy about a girl trying to get, um, uh, like the the day after pill the morning after pill and can't mm-hmm. get it locally so she has to dr- like drive across the state or drive across country to get it um and i was thinking huh what does that say about us that we think that's a comedy <laughs> um cool. so yes yes i am proud of our legislature as well and very grateful um for both of the amendments that will be will be going before the voters very soon. Um, I don't know about you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Emily. I just wanted to add a little piece of history um, because I think often in Vermont, we um, become a little bit, I don't know what the word is. We, we expect ourselves um, to be better than we are. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to remind listeners with a little history lesson that when Vermont tried to pass an equal rights amendment um, a couple decades ago, that actually failed, and it it was a surprise fail um, for the folks who had worked on it, and it was really because of low voter turnout that it failed. Oh, yes. And so right. really encourage folks to, I think those are lessons that we have learned more strongly in the last few years, but mm-hmm. um, just because you believe in something, it's not enough. You need to really put your foot and your pen and your mouth where your heart is. Yeah. Well, I think we've often said on the show, and what's really standing out for me right now as we're, we've read through the Constitution is two things, what you just said, and and it's kind of um, a, a tagline I say about democracy a lot, that its strength is that the people who show up have a voice. Unfortunately, the people who show up have a voice. It can be such a double-edged sword. Um and, and it's why uh, it's so important for us to, to vote on, on issues like 
like amending the Constitution. Um, the other thing that's standing out for me right now, Emily, and I don't know about you, but it's really reading through the Constitution has really driven home um, the importance of being able to change our systems. Because there's a few things in here that I think you and I both kind of looked at and thought, hmm, well, not how we would have done it. <laughs> but um, the folks who who put this constitution together throughout the years were making, I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that they were making the choices they thought were the right choices at the time. And but people change and society changes and injustices need to be reversed. And um, I'm just seeing all those different layers in in just what we've read over these two um, episodes. I don't I don't know about you, but that's that's really sitting with me right now. Very much so. And I wonder if it would be fun um... For our last episode, we were on a video call together, and this time we're not because there seem to be squirrels inside my internet connection. But I, you know, there were a few sections that we really both made some quite surprised faces at. Um, <laughs> and so I would love, you know, there are sections of the, this Constitution that I've spent a lot of time with as a legislator because they've really enabled or disabled certain work that I was um, wanting to do or working on. But there's some that I had not quite encountered in a thoughtful way before. And mm -hmm. so I'd love to just flag a few of them that were just some, oh my God, moments. Um, does that sound like fun to you? It does. It does. Yes. Okay. So um, one of the first ones for me was um, the end of article three, freedom and religion. And um, <laughs> yes, nevertheless, and I love that I'm calling this an oh my God moment because that makes it extra special. It does. Um, nevertheless, Every sect or denomination of Christians ought to observe the Sabbath or Lord's Day and keep up some sort of religious worship, which to them shall seem most agreeable to the revealed will of, will of God. I just don't know what that's doing in there. <laughs> um, I really appreciate the earlier parts, about which are just sort of straight freedom of worship and freedom mm -hmm. of religion. But this seems like a little bit of uh, you have freedom of religion, but you should be sure to observe a Sabbath. You know, what, what made me, yeah, I agree with you, that, that was an oh my God moment for me too, because it was, it's such a disconnect. It, it felt like it was saying to me, um, you're allowed to practice whatever religion feels right to you. You have the freedom to do that. Unless you're, you're Christian, then you definitely have to do X, Y, and Z. Um, mm -hmm. And it was just like, it makes me wonder, I wish we could be a fly on the wall for some of these conversations, because it makes me wonder if that's like a holdover from a previous uh, version of the Constitution, or if folks in the room at the time were saying, well, yeah, we want people to have freedom of religion, but we actually really want them to all be Christians. And so that's what this part's doing in here. Yeah, and it's, you know, maybe someday we'll have a constitutional scholar on here, but it's also <laughs> important to remember that, you know, the Constitution was written by men who were politicians who were engaged in an act of, you know, drafting and compromise like any other law. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, sections get added that people can live with but certainly wouldn't prefer, and sections get taken out because one person makes a big fuss. And so that's sort of an interesting way to think about this um, 
document that we hold up as sacred. Mm-hmm. So what's another section that really stood out for you, Olga? Um, another one that really stood out, um, I'm quickly scanning the Constitution. I think the ones in general about, you know, in Article 16, right to bear arms, um, mm-hmm. just because that is such a, a touch point for so many people on the national level with, with gun control and everything. Um, but what, what I also found interesting was if what we just read today was the, the section on the, the militia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know where I'm, I'm going with this. It just, they stood out to me as something that felt very old. And I wondered how much they still, um, how much they they still have re- relevance, and if they do, you know that that's teaching me things about my community I did not know before. Um, I don't know. Did did they stand out for you at all? Um, I thought it was really interesting that one of the main sections that sort of governs taxes also. Um, it's a very very short section, but it has something about a right to bear arms. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one has to look. That that was sort of that they would stand side by side. It didn't make that much sense to me, and I was trying to get my head around that. Yeah, um, yeah. What about um, voting and and the the? There was a reference here over and over again, not just in the voting section, but about peaceable nature. Yes. <laughs> was it a kind and peaceable nature? I want to find that again because that was um, that you know everyone who. Um, anyone can vote, but they should have a kind and peaceable nature. And I wonder both where that came from and like how, what it means to have a peaceable nature. And if it's possible to remove someone's right to vote even now, because their nature is considered unpeaceable and what those, what those goals were is that, yeah, that's very, um, I mean, I could really see that if it was, you know, I could see that as being a tool for um, taking away an incarcerated person's voting rights, um, which we don't do in Vermont. Incarcerated folks um, can vote both from um, prison and once they're out. That's fairly unusual in America and um, is a right in Vermont. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was sort of interesting to me that that's in there, given how how much we do actually open up our voting opportunities to everyone. Yeah, yeah. And just for, for listeners' um, reference, uh, the, the paragraph we're talking about is subsection 42, voters qualification and oath. Um, and it's a, a who is of a quiet and peaceable, peaceable behavior. Um, and, you know, there are some things about the free person's oath, you know, voting in your own conscious. I think there's something really powerful about that. But, mm-hmm. but to me still in that section, it's, it's almost like that freedom of religion thing. There's such a disconnect between voting your own conscious and quiet and peaceable nature. Um, to me, they're just, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, just like such powerful social norming about what's appropriate and what is not. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, you know, behavior-wise and sort of cultural norming and how much that somehow winds up in our constitution. Yes. Which brings yeah. me around, I think you read this section, and I don't see it right now, on vice schools. Oh. <laughs> yeah, what was your thoughts yeah. on that? <laughs> that was... Um, that's section six, subsection 68, laws to encourage virtue and prevent vice, schools, yes. religious activities. Um, laws for the encouragement of virtue and prevention of vice and immorality ought to be constantly kept in force and duly executed. So, I gosh, I don't even know what to say. Um, well, and we had that episode of the Montpelier Happy Hour gosh, years ago now, mm-hmm. um, about really very much the opposite of this and how laws on encouraging virtue and preventing vice hardly ever work um, right. as sort of effective tools for behavior change. And, you know, we certainly had all these conversations as a country about the nanny state. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so interesting. Well, what I found interesting about this section, going back to what you just said about cultural norming, that they they put laws to encourage virtue and prevent vice in the same section as how many schools and that that we do have to have education. And I just found it very interesting that those two things were in the same section. And at some point, whoever put them in the same section thought of them together that makes me wonder what the role of education is in some people's minds yes yes that's a very good point um yes and a competent number of schools ought to be maintained in each town unless the general assembly permits other provisions for the convenient instruction of youth Mm -hmm. and that's sort of that's all one sentence that's part of the vice sentence there's not a period between those the um, semicolon Right. Um, and so it does seem, given the semicolon, and I do love a good semicolon. Um, <laughs> they that are always intriguing. The, they are. <laughs> um, second only to the M dash. Um, that, uh, you know, that the purpose of the schools is indeed, um, but not definitely because it's not a colon. Mm-hmm. So certainly we know that the idea of schools is connected to mor- mortality. I mean, sorry, excuse me, morality, mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily a direct um, tool of it. So that's very fun. Mm-hmm. What about, mm-hmm. um, one thing I found interesting, I'm scanning quickly to see if I can find it, and I'm not. Um, the, the section on, oh, here it is, freedom of elections, bribery. It's, it's interesting to me because there's a lot of talk in, in the Constitution, it, it seems, about how citizens should conduct themselves. Mm-hmm. And there is a section on bribery, you know, meat, drink, monies, oh, or otherwise. Let's talk about the meat. It's so funny. <laughs> Or or how I, I will always I will never forget this section for me because as someone who has reading difficulties, first time I looked at it, I was sure it said meat, drink, monkeys, or otherwise. Um, <laughs> which 
brought up all Monkeys sorts of are, questions. So that would be redundant. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, meat, drink, monies, or otherwise. Talk about what was important and in when this section was written. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love the idea of bribing people with a sausage. That's very exciting. Well, you know, with some of the artisan um, food companies we have in this state, I mean... You could have local or <laughs> bribery networks all over the place. Let's get honest here. And some they should have thrown cheese in there. I don't know what, and maple syrup. I don't know why those were left out. Um, but what I found interesting is there is this section on bribery, but it didn't seem to me in, in comparison to the amount of times we were told as citizens we need to be of quiet and peaceable behavior that the same was expected of our lawmakers. Am I missing something or did that stand out to you? Um, yeah, no, absolutely. There's really um, very little about how elected representatives are expected to conduct themselves. There's clearly procedures for removing elected from office in here, um, but not the reasons that that should be done, which mm -hmm. I thought was interesting. I didn't mm -hmm. see any of the reasons I just thought that impeachment was possible. Um, and you know, that's a problem even today. We have very, um, you know, and not always a problem, but we're each, each elected is really their own, you know, their voters are their boss. Mm -hmm. um, and unless aware of what's going on, it's very hard for one elected representative to hold another accountable for anything. And we've, you know, read some recent articles about that in Vermont Digger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as a, as a lawmaker, um, I, I find that fascinating because on the one hand, it really gives a lot of power to the voters that they are really the only ones who can hold an elected official um, accountable. But mm -hmm. like you said, you know, voters are busy and they don't always know what's happening in between the elections. Um, and, and so as a lawmaker, do you wish there were more ways that you could hold each other accountable or is, is giving that much power to the voters really the most effective way to go about it? I mean, I think it's really, really powerful that the relationship just is between the representative and their voters. Mm -hmm. um, because it allows us in a very sort of contained space, a certain degree of freedom to do as we think is right. Um, but our opportunities to even censure each other um, are very limited, partly because our own internal rules are very limited. That's our own fault. Mm -hmm. um, but, and I so very much appreciate that Vermont has not taken on the tenor of some other states or certainly our national landscape where everyone's just constantly calling each other out rather mm -hmm. than um, appealing to, I don't know, our higher angels or some nonsense idiom. <laughs> um, but I don't, you know, um, 
I think there's really a very strong place to clearly communicate what acceptable and unacceptable conflicts of interest might look like mm. uh, or from the roles or um, that kind of stuff. I could see a stronger place for in our constitution or our legal framework. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are just about out of time. The one the one thing I'll, I'll leave listeners with that at least I'm sitting with is once again, going back to this document, going back to phrases like quiet and peaceable behavior, it, it always raises for me this thought of, well, that is all well and good, but who gets to decide what these, what the definitions of these phrases are? Um, who gets to decide what quiet and peaceable means? Um, yeah, that type of thing. And I'm just, you know, it's just bringing that home for me, that tension of, um, yeah, who gets to decide? How about you? Yeah, and that's a super fun idea, because one of the, you know, the Constitution doesn't just sit there. It is a living document in that it's constantly being interpreted between the legislature and the citizens and the court system and the administration. Um, and that the courts do play this really, really powerful role in, in that interpretation if people are willing to bring things to them. And so, you know, right now I'm on a summer committee where everything we do is shaped by the Brigham decision that happened more than 20 years ago, which was an interpretation of Vermont's constitution that completely flipped the way we do our taxing and our fund our schools. Mm -hmm. So there's so that interpretation and the opportunities there are so rich and um, impact our lives in so many ways. And I, I guess that's what I'm sitting with that, like how all this filters through. Mm-hmm. Or as we like to say, how things in Montpelier shake out for the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Emily, I know we, we need to leave. Um, but before we, we do remind folks where they can find you if they have questions or they want to reach out. So folks can go to emilycornheiser.org. And there you'll find all my social media buttons and my regular newsletter posts and ways to calendar happenings and new events. Love to hear from anyone anytime. Thank you. And as always, you can find us at our website, Captivate.fm, the Montpelier Happy Hour. Captivate.fm, our Facebook page, BCTV, and other uh, public access stations across New England, and right here on WVEW 107.7 LP Brattleboro, your community radio station. Hey, Emily, I want to toast to constantly redefining our. political lives so that they serve as many people as possible. Cheers to that, Olga. Thank you. You are welcome. And thank you. Hey, everybody, we will be back next week. Have a great